Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Trevor Talks on the Ram Radio at Angelo State University. Remember, you can listen live on TuneIn Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Or you can listen anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, uh, nothing extremely interesting really happened over this past weekend. Um, that was until we got to Sunday. And on Sunday, we had some interesting announcements coming out over Twitter. Um, Southwest Airlines announced that they would be starting to fly uh, into Houston's George Bush Intercontinental Airport and Chicago's O'Hare Airport uh, starting in the first half of 2021. Uh, which is very interesting and bizarre at the same time. So we're going to kind of discuss that today. Uh, a lot of y'all know that I like to travel a lot. I like to fly a lot. Uh, I enjoy it. I'm interested in that. So this is something interesting. Uh, and we're going to just kind of discuss that today uh, because it's relevant. So the first thing, I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack here, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, I'll probably talk about Houston first because that is what I know the best. Um, Houston's George Bush Airport is kind of my home base, if you will. Uh, whenever I need to fly, I usually fly out of there uh, or in there, depending on what's going on. And uh, I've just, I've never had a reason or kind of opportunity to fly Southwest. It's just uh, never lined up um, to where it would make sense for me to fly with them. Uh, Obviously, I I know a lot of people love Southwest. I hear great things about them all the time. Uh, I just don't have any personal experience with them to talk about. So we're not going to get into that today. Um. But yeah, so so first up, Houston, uh, as a city, is an interesting choice for Southwest to choose Bush. Um, some of y'all might be wondering, like, why don't they already fly to Bush? And it's because they already have, um, they don't call them hubs at Southwest. They call them operating bases because they don't really, they don't really do hubs. They just do operating bases, which are essentially kind of the same concept as a hub. Um, but they're a bit smaller. They don't have the, the kind of volume that others do. Um, however, uh, Houston Hobby is one of the larger operating bases um, used by Southwest. Uh, the largest is Chicago Midway, and we're going to get into that here in a minute also. Um, but so the, the first kind of why would a lot of people are wondering like why would this make sense um in the first place and i think in my my opinion i really think the only kind of routes that would make sense uh to fly into bush with southwest would be flights to some of their other operating bases um so possibly houston to Houston Bush to Dallas Love Field, Houston Bush to Atlanta, Houston Bush to Chicago Midway, 
um, possibly Vegas. That's another one of their operating bases. Uh, so things like that, maybe Baltimore also. Um, but aside from that, I, I don't think it really makes a whole lot of sense to do their point-to-point uh, city. They have a lot of focus cities as well that they, they like to focus on. One of them is uh, New Orleans. Um, so I, I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense to run a bunch of um, kind of focus city flights through Bush because when they fly into their operating base at Hobby, then they've got all the right connecting flights. Uh, and Southwest obviously caters a lot more to leisure travelers. They give you two free checked bags included in your ticket price, regardless of how much you paid for it, uh, regardless of whether you're sitting in economy or in, I mean, they don't have first class, but upgraded economy. Um, whereas other, the, the legacy carriers and big three, like American Delta United, uh, will usually give you two free check bags if you're flying first class. Uh, but if you're not flying first class, then you need to, you, you have to pay uh, to check a bag. And so that's just a, a big kind of target for Southwest. They focus more on the vacationers and, and whatnot than business travelers. Uh, and I feel like a lot of time the vacationers don't really care if they need to drive to the other end of Houston uh, to fly. But that's okay. And so then a lot of other people have been kind of discussing this on Twitter. Um, it would not make sense at all for them to run a flight between uh, Houston's Bush Airport and then the Houston Hobby Airport. Uh, there was a little bit of speculation about that. Um, and so the problem with that is that Southwest's uh, entire fleet is entirely made up of Boeing 737s. And I don't think that there's any way they could fill up an entire 737 of people to just move between airports all day. It probably doesn't even make sense to do that. Um, even if they had some weird connecting flight stuff going on there, it would probably just make more sense for them to bus people between the airports because flying them between the airports doesn't make any sense at all. Um, a lot of people have, have mentioned kind of that United does run a similarly distanced flight between Houston to College Station. Um, and and that's kind of different. They run those with really tiny airplanes like twice a day. Um, but anyway, so back to uh, the bigger picture. So Chicago and Houston's George Bush, well, Chicago O'Hare and Houston's George Bush Airport are both uh, major hubs for United. Uh, United's largest hub is Chicago uh, and Newark. Um, but at Chicago O'Hare, they are the largest carrier there. So they have more flights, more passengers carried uh, than anyone else, including American Airlines, who also runs a hub there. Uh, and then in Houston, they also they have a kind of a big deal uh, hub thing going on. And so Houston's Bush Airport is kind of full. Um, because there's, there's these five terminals at Houston's Bush Airport, A, B, C, D, and E, and United uses most of them. So United kind of operates really long domestic flights and some international ones out of Terminal C, 
and then they operate the short domestic flights out of Terminal E, which is bizarrely connected to C. It's they're like together in one really long terminal, but they call it different. Um, and then they run their their little short regional flights with the tiny planes out of Terminal B. And then Terminal A is used by all the other domestic airlines. So they've got like American Spirit, Delta, Frontier, JetBlue, Air Canada. Air Canada's not really a domestic airline, but they're over there. Um, and, and so they're all in that. And then finally, Terminal D is used by all the international long-haul airlines. And so they all have to share those gates. Um, so they're not... It's not like each airline has their own gate that they use, especially because some of those flights are only like two, three times a week. So it's just, that's how it is. Um, so that brings the question, where will Southwest park their planes? Um, I don't think that United's giving up any of their gates, uh, any of their, their terminals that they pretty much run because they have leasing contracts on all of that uh, that extend a long time into the future. Uh, so even though, even though the pandemic and coronavirus and all that good stuff has really, uh, and, and travel restrictions has hit the industry of travel hard. Uh, I don't think United's going to be just giving up their spots or anything like that because they're contracted and all that. Um, so, it would it would make the most sense for them to go park at Terminal A, uh, because that's where other all those other domestic airlines are. Um, but the problem with that is that Terminal A is kind of full, um, and so it's it's just a really bizarre situation there that they would want to move in. Um, the next kind of comment that was brought up online on Twitter and all that uh, was that recently ExpressJet has kind of ceased operations and that might free up some space. So ExpressJet was like a little subsidiary kind of regional airline that was running United Express flights on behalf of United between Houston and random little small cities around around and and they they mostly ran a fleet of the Embraer 145 series and so they they kind of just flew tiny planes around. And so yeah, they ceased operations because they just, it was really bad for them in the travel industry as a result of the pandemic and travel restrictions and all that. Um, so they pretty much transferred all of their aircraft uh, over to Commuter, which is another little regional airline operating flights on behalf of United. Um, not sure exactly, you know, how many of the flights and whatnot that they previously ran have been canceled uh, or ended. But again, they all operate out of Terminal B. And the problem with Terminal B is that Southwest could not park there even if they wanted to, even if United like allow them to come park there, because all of the gates there are built for tiny planes, such as the Embraer 145s and like CRJ 200s uh, that mostly get operated in there. And so Southwest just can't roll up with their 737s and expect to fit into any space at all. Um, which brings up the next option. They could just park at a remote stand and 
drive people across the ramp from the boarding doors uh, up to the actual aircraft, um, which again would be bizarre, but it's not totally out of the question. It could happen. Uh, so that's kind of the, the situation with Houston there is very, it's bizarre, but we'll see how it plays out, I guess. So then we move to Chicago, uh, of course. So as I said, Chicago O'Hare and Houston's Bush Airport are both major United hubs in their route network. Um, and, and O'Hare is an interesting one because over the past couple of years, since United and American Airlines both have a hub there, they have both wanted to expand their services there uh, domestically and everything from O'Hare Airport. And O'Hare Airport was like, no, you can't do that. We're not letting you guys expand anymore. Uh, that's crazy talk. And then Southwest was, I mean, they came in and they just decided they were going to fly there. Uh, and O'Hare was like, okay, cool, you know, come on in, let's do it. Uh, so I can imagine that the people at United and American are probably kind of wondering what's going on right now. That's a, a very bizarre situation to deal with. And uh, we can, we'll discuss some more in a little bit what their strategies and whatnot might be. Um, on top of that, uh, so uh, Southwest's biggest operating base, uh, more like an actual hub, is there in Chicago at Chicago Midway, uh, which is just like right on the other side of town from O'Hare's airport. Uh, frequently, actually, if you're flying in to Chicago airport, you have a good chance of passing by uh, Midway kind of on the way. Um, you, you'll see it when you're up there. If you go to Chicago, fantastic places to be. Um, but as a result of that, it's, again, going to be interesting to see. I could, I could totally understand them running flights into O'Hare from other operating bases, especially the major ones, again, like Atlanta, uh, Dallas Love Field, Houston's Hobby Airport, um, and, and all that. But it's going to be interesting to see what's going on, uh, especially because even recently, over the past few weeks, Southwest has been announcing other new route plans. It seems they want to focus heavily uh, on Florida. They're expecting a fair amount of people doing leisure travel over the next few months, of course, especially as we get into winter time when it gets colder out in a lot of the United States. Uh, so they've been adding a lot of routes to various cities in Florida. Uh, I know they have kind of a, a substantially smaller operating base uh, over there at Fort Lauderdale's airport. Um, they kind of run like two of the concourses and one of the terminal, and they, they move in and out a lot of passengers there. Um, but it gets it gets a little bit more interesting. And so... Now we can kind of look into, well, what are United and American going to do about this? So before we can get into that, we need to take a look at kind of what happened several years ago in Cleveland. And what happened in Cleveland is uh, it used to be a Continental Airlines like regional hub. 
And uh, then once Continental and United merged back in about 2010, uh, United ultimately decided to do de-hubbing at Cleveland. So they just kind of stopped running as many flights in there uh, and it wasn't a regional hub anymore. And they decided that their kind of East Coast area hub, they were just going to stick with Newark's airport uh, there in New Jersey. Personally, I could totally see them bringing a lot of flights back into Cleveland because they've been wanting to expand more at Newark's airport. And it's just, it's, it's packed. You know, they're almost at capacity. They've got too many passengers, too many planes going in and out there. All the slots are full. Um, and so if they were to move some of the regional operations over there to Cleveland, uh, then they could just focus more on their international stuff once travel picks back up at Newark. But what exactly happened at Cleveland um, is essentially once United decided that they weren't going to be having that as a regional hub anymore, um, that they would just totally close off Concourse D, which is a, it's like a whole miniature terminal there at the airport, uh, and it's connected to the other concourses or terminals by underground tunnels, uh, which is really fun. Um, and, and what happened there is since they closed it, uh, no one's using it because United still has a lease signed with the, the city and the airport on this terminal. And even though they're not using it, they still spend a ton of money every year to just hold down the lease on this building simply so that other airlines can't fly in there. So they kind of control their kind of monopoly on that airport by forcing out other airlines because they just don't have anywhere to come park. Um, and, and therefore, they can't come in with lower prices, lower cost airlines and all that stuff like we see uh, with Southwest and Spirit, Allegiant, Frontier, uh, Sun Country even. Those are the kind of major low-cost airlines here in the States. Um, even JetBlue, is, they claim to be a low-cost airline. Um, so again, it'll be really interesting to see kind of what happens there. Could United try to pull a Cleveland in Chicago and Houston at George Bush um, by just buying up all the extra gates that are available and then just kind of leaving them there and leaving them open and unused just to strong arm out the competition. Um, competition's great for consumers, of course. We can expect possibly lower flight costs. Uh, for instance, between operating bases, if you need to go somewhere rather than flying out of Houston's Hobby Airport and connecting to another Southwest operating base and then flying from there to your final destination. Uh, if they don't have direct flights from Houston's Hobby Airport, uh, you can fly out of Bush, possibly for the same price as it would cost you to fly out on United. And that could be very beneficial to travelers, especially travelers who are traveling for vacations and just for fun and stuff uh, instead of business travelers. So it, again, it's just going to be really interesting to see um, kind of how this plays out. I'm looking forward to the uh, first half of 2021 as they are reporting to be 
uh, entering then. Um, and it'll just be really interesting to see everything that happens kind of leading up to that. Um, so, and then in, in Chicago, the same thing. Uh, obviously, that's a large hub for, for Southwest. That's not really a hub. It's an operating base. Um, but it, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if United or American kind of has a response for this in the next few days or weeks or whatever, what they plan to do, if they're going to drop any press releases about it, um, possibly about expanding at other airports and so on. Uh, I know that United is kind of doing a little bit of expansion. Uh, for instance, they're adding a flight from Houston to Abilene uh, here on October 21st. It's going to be the first day that that's in service. So Abilene and San Angelo, Obviously, you're not the same town. Abilene's like an hour and a half away uh, driving. Um, they they still have not elected to add a United flight here into San Angelo. And uh, for whatever reason, I, I don't know. That's uh, a very interesting situation over there. But I could go on about that for a long time. But I won't because that's not what we're talking about today. And so overall, again, it's just going to be really interesting to see how all of this plays out and how it's going to be beneficial for leisure travelers. And it seems that Southwest has a really strong hope that uh, vacation travel is going to be returning to normal um, this winter uh, with the addition of all their new kind of Florida South southeast regional kind of areas, focus cities, um, and they expect more travel to pick up enough for people to drive to the other end of Houston to fly out um, in, in the first half of 2021. Personally, um, I, I actually checked it out one time I was when I was going to fly out of Houston. Um, I was going to be on American, but I, I figured since American flies into Hobby also, uh, I wondered how much farther it would be to get over Hobby uh, than it would be to get to Bush and if the times kind of just worked out better. Um, and it turns out that from my house, I live on the northwest side of Houston, um, it's actually the same time. It takes the same amount of time to get to the Bush airport uh, as it does to get to Hobby. So there's not really any reason for me to, to go all the way to Hobby. It just doesn't make sense uh, unless I just wanted to fly out of there. But, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see um, how it plays out. Thank you all for listening. Again, remember you can listen live at 11 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays on TuneIn Radio, or you can listen anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Trevor Talks on the Ram Radio at Angelo State University. Have a great afternoon, everyone.